The concept of Lito'eles is that someone speaking for a benefit, as we said, that uh, sometimes it's a, a person has a chiv, sometimes a person has a responsibility to say Lashon Hara, or, I'm, I'm sorry, it's not Lashon Hara, to say something about someone. Um, and we started off with the case of your friend is about to hire a caterer, we're on page 213, Day 83, in purity of speech, your friend is about to hire a caterer. You know that this particular caterer is not reliable and his food is not fresh. You must warn your friend if the following five requirements are met. So let's go through it a little bit. Um, and just to chazer over the importance of, of a, how a person speaks and how a person sees things and how very uh, sensitive we are uh, in our, the way we view other people, the way we view ourselves, and how we know the last few parshias have been really focused a lot on, on, um, on Lashon Hara, on uh, the whole chet of the Miraglim, right, is Lashon Hara on the land, t- telling Lashon Hara on, about an object, even. That's how far it extends, and we know the ramifications and the results of that. Now, of course, that's something that's difficult because when a person sees something, uh, it's very clear to him, right? You see something, you're like, what do you mean? I see it so clearly. How could you tell me that it's not true? So our minds are very, um, our minds are very sensitive. And we, when we see something, we believe it. When we think something, we believe it. We think it to be true. And it's important for a person to realize that he can change the way he thinks about someone and something and a situation. You could. Hashem wouldn't give us the Nisayan to not speak Lashon Hara, right, if it, if it wasn't possible. Right? If you see something negative in somebody and you're just going to say something negative about that person, if I wouldn't be able to change it, then, then, uh, then what would the uh, uh, challenge and what would the mitzvah and the... Uh, responsibility not to speak Lashon Hara B. It must be that we have the ability to change the way we look at people and things. So this is a circumstance where you're allowed to speak Lashon Hara. Says the Chavetz Chaim, right, number one, <coughs> you, must, you must be sure that the information which you reveal is 100% accurate. This is number one. Do not make a blanket statement before verifying that they are true. For example, if you only know of one person who had a bad experience with that particular caterer, you could say, I know of one friend who didn't have a good experience with the caterer. I mean, to say a blanket statement, that caterer stinks, right? That you can't say. To say, I, I know of one, you have to say exactly what, what happened. However, you may not make a blanket statement. The caterer serves stale food. Unless you verify this, that is true, since maybe this was only a one-time occurrence. Okay, number two, it's definitely something that can cause your friend actual harm. So if the potato kugel needed a little bit more uh, salt, and the potato kugel, you know, especially when it comes to food, right, which means some, certain people thought the potato kugel was delicious. Some people thought it wasn't so good. So if it, it has to be something that, yeah, oh, the, the potato kugel was spoiled, and he always serves spoiled potato kugel. Okay, then that could be, and people could get stomach aches and throw up, and it could hurt the person or whatever it might be. 
That's number two. Well, it's actually number B in, in one. So again, you must be sure that the information you reveal is 100% accurate and it can cause your friend actual harm. Okay, number two. Number two is do not exaggerate, right? Do not exaggerate, okay? What does that mean? Do not use any description that will cause the caterer to seem worse than he really is. So if he messed up in his potato kugel, so you don't say, oh yeah, everything that he made there was horrible, right? That's not true, that's not true. You're exaggerating. Number two, if one complaint against the creator would be enough to persuade your friend not to use him, then you may not reveal any more complaints. Now let's say the potato kugel and the chicken wasn't good. But by you saying the potato kugel wasn't good, that's enough to persuade then you can't say the potato kugel and the chicken was not good. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Amen. Okay, everybody in so far? We, we could use a little... Uh, we'll do one more and then we'll stop at, at the third reason. Okay, so again, number one, your information must be 100% accurate. Number two, you have to make sure that it's causing your friend harm. Actually, number B in one. Number two, do not exaggerate. Right? Don't exaggerate. You say, oh, the caterer was the worst caterer I ever used. That's not true. The potato kugel didn't taste good. And if there are three things that he did that didn't taste good, and one of, by you saying one of them is enough to persuade your friend, then you can't say the other ones. Okay. Everybody good so far? Question, comments on that? Okay, number three. This is very, um, this I always say is really is number one. You ready for this, everybody? Your intention should be for constructive purposes and not a way of venting your personal anger against the caterer. So if you personally had a bad experience with the caterer and still bear a grudge against him, then you should not be the one telling your friend about it. In such a case, the best is to ask a Shiloh. Okay, that's a biggie. So if you're personally upset, right, and my famous story, famous story, I have is with my daughter, um, and she gives me permission to say over the story because it's, it's such a great story, um, and it just brings out how sensitive we are. So there, actually, you should speak to my wife. I don't know why we don't buy this anymore. We used to have this, this, um, this type of yogurt that had like rice in it, like a tapioca type of yogurt, which I liked. You sprinkle a little, you put it in the microwave for 30 seconds, sprinkle a little cinnamon, it's delicious. And my daughter also liked it, so I used to give it to my daughter, she's just married, so when she would come to the house, whatever, I'd give her, I'll taste it. Then my wife bought a different brand of that tapioca, this is all in Eretz brought a different brand of that tapioca yogurt. And as I was going to eat it, my daughter, my daughter gave me permission to say over the story. My daughter says, oh, Tati, that's terrible, that's not good, you know, blah, 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 don't, you know, that's not as good, blah, blah, blah. And I looked at her, and she's like, that's Lush and Hara, because they, you know, my kids know that I'm not, you know, that you have to be careful what you say around me. So they're like, my daughter's like, that's Lush and Hara. I said, I think it's probably Lush and Hara. And then we spoke about it. And we said, why is it Lush and Hara? I said, let me ask you a question. You're like upset at that other brand. She's like, yeah, because I spent 
this and this money, and I wanted it, I liked it, and I, and I, uh, I was upset that I bought it, and it wasn't as good as the other one. So I want to tell you that it's not good. So that's Lashon, why? Because when I go to the store, I'm not going to buy that brand. I didn't taste it myself. So that's an example of you had a bad experience with the certain item, and you still bear a grudge. So she was Moskim, she agreed that the reason she was saying it was because she was upset at the, at the, you know, upset that she had to spend the money. It's not as good as, uh, as, as I thought. It's not the Pshat, okay, Lituel, so you're going in the store. So someone's going to say, so I'm in the store, and there's this brand, that brand. So you could, tell, you could tell your wife, you could tell your friend, you could tell whoever it is, yeah, let's get this brand. But to say, oh, let's get this, usually people say, oh, let's get this brand, oh, that other brand stinks. Right, why? Because they had a bad experience with it. I say this a lot of times with restaurants. Guys go to restaurants, right? And they expect to have the, you know, five-star service and everything's got to be perfect, of course, because I'm a king and I, I deserve everything and I'm spending money. You got to wine and dine me and blah, blah, blah. And if something's not perfect, they get upset at the restaurant. Chutzpah. That waitress, that waiter didn't serve me like I'm, like I'm God's gift. Right? So what happens? They go and they tell their friends, oh yeah, the restaurant, terrible service, terrible service, terrible service. That's holding a grudge against, that's bearing a grudge against him, and you're not allowed to say anything in that situation. Question or comments? Yes, Rav Hill, I knew you were going to have a question. I don't know why, but I knew. So when you uh, bear a grudge against someone or yeah. something, it could take years. Correct. I, that's why I love this one. And at the end of the day, you want to save your friend from... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, from, 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 right. So, so what do you do? Is, I mean, I right, it says you have to ask, ask a Shaila. Yeah. I was thinking maybe, I don't know, but maybe to, it would be okay about the third party. No, right, talk I, it out. I, right. I'm right, I want to tell you, right, right. Uh, let me tell you what happened. Let me tell you what happened. You deal with it, exactly. And then you also need the right person. Because the right person has to know what he could be macabre, what he's not macabre, what he's believing, what he's not, how he's giving it over. But 100% what Rafil is saying. Rafil is saying, and, and I like the first thing that Rafil says, right? When it comes to a, a grudge, right? It's a, it's a, we know as the Ramchal says it, and we know the truth of it, that, that it's, it's Masuk Midvash, right? That's the Lushan of the, of the Ramchal, to take revenge, right? It's an Isser in the Torah, it's a Lav in the Torah. Because it's one of the hardest things. It's one of the hardest things. Because the Chinuch explains the Svarim, I mean, and the Ramchal says it also, the Pashat Svarim, because there's nothing greater to get out your good feelings, your bad feelings on someone than to get them back. When you don't like someone and something bad happens to them, you're like, yeah, that's awesome. It feels great. So, so, so if you go to a restaurant and you paid $100, you paid $50, and they didn't give you the right service, so the best thing you can do to get them is when your friend asks, you say, sorry, Charlie, you ain't going back to that restaurant. Right? I'm going to tell you bad, I'm going to give you a bad, bad review. So Rafil is asking, so what are you supposed to do? You could be holding that grudge for a long time. So maybe the Eitzah is like Rafil was saying. Probably the, the best Eitzah would be you have to find the right person. It has to be the right person. The right person who you speak to and you tell them the story. Right? When it comes down to it, it's, it's really not so, it's not so, it's not as practical as we think, only because there aren't so many cases that are really, really uh, Latoelis. Right, right, no, no, I'm saying, no, but that's what I'm saying. It's very hard, if, when, you, when you're Yorid Lesoyf, the end of it, there aren't going to be that many cases, because what is it, a shidduch, a guy's going into business with someone, 
A guy getting a slice of pizza in a pizza shop, I don't know if you have a chiv to make sure I go to a restaurant. Okay, so the guy went to the restaurant. He might have a, right, that's Rabbi Berg's famous story with the pizza shop. You know what I mean? That, that he thought it was a terrible pizza shop and then his, his financially wealthy friend who came in from America, he asked him, where did you eat the whole week? And he's like, yeah, at that pizza shop that he, that he thought was terrible. It's okay, but it's a very good point that Rafael is saying. We all hold grudges, and we can hold a grudge for a long time, so you have to talk it out with somebody um, to figure out how to respond properly in a, in a situation. But like I'm saying, those are rare, <laughs> in my experience, in my experience, those are rare cases where you really, really, right? Like I said, it's going to be Nogea if it's a shidduch. If it's going to be Nogea if you're going into business, partnership with somebody. If you're hiring someone as a worker, that could be, that could be a tough one. You're hiring someone, someone calls you up about a shidduch for your friend, and he says, oh, tell me about your roommate, right? <laughs> but I'm sure you wouldn't be on the resume. Oh, well, it could be you're not on the resume, but there's Tom calling you up. You have to be careful with that. Okay. But anyway, that's, that's a big one. So if you still hold a grudge against that person, then, um, then you cannot say anything. Okay. Also, this is also very, very important. If you know, also you may not reveal the negative information to your friend if you know that your friend will not heed your advice. That is, he will hire this caterer anyway. And whenever something will go wrong, he will comp complain to the caterer, I knew I shouldn't have used you. Even my friend warned you about your service. Right? That's, that's, that's interesting. Okay. Yeah, question, comment? Oh, Rebzev. Yes. Are you what do you mean? Well, I would tell the caterer in that case. Why don't you tell the caterer? Tell the caterer. You can go over the caterer, of course. You help the caterer. Say, if you hire a caterer and the caterer serves something that was not that was not good, or you buy something, yeah, why not? It's always good. You can go over to the caterer and tell the caterer. I just want you to know the the potato kogel was spoiled. Is that one of the conditions before you go tell someone else about it? That what? That you tell the caterer? Yeah, you tell the guy. Uh, listen, so and so is happening with your food or whatever. Before you go and tell someone else, go to the caterer. So I don't know if that's one of them. Why would you have to do that? Meaning you're saying, you're saying just tell us, like tell the... I, I think it's one of the conditions before you tell someone. Well, they have to tell... So I don't know if it says, I don't, I don't know if it says that over here. I mean, but let's say you can't, I mean, let's say you can't, you don't have a... Meaning what, that you're supposed to tell the person, yeah? Okay, yeah, I don't know if he brings it down. Yeah, yeah, I hear. <coughs> and, and in this, and we'll wrap up with this, that's why it's also very important what you ask your friends. You have to ask your, you have to be careful. If someone goes to a meal, right, in, uh, over Shabbos, or he goes to a place over Shabbos, 
You have to be very careful. You ask, oh, how was the food? People ask that. So how was the food? How was it this, right? It's pure avak lashon hara, which means you're setting somebody up. I mean, avak lashon hara doesn't mean setting them up, but it's, but it's a dust of lashon hara. V'chulam ba'avak lashon hara. Your questions, right? I was speaking to someone uh, recently, and he says, oh, but, but I have to answer the question. That they, why, why do I have to answer the guy's question? You have to be careful with the questions that are asked to you. And if you say, oh, no, I don't want to say it's Lashon Hara, that's also Lashon Hara. You can't say, I don't want to say how the food was, that would be Lashon Hara. Or you could say, you could change, change the, or just say it was delicious, it was great. Everything was great and just change the subject. But otherwise, people will sit around and they'll ask you those questions to set you up for Lashon Hara. Okay, Hashem should help each and every one of us. We should all be Zoha, each and every one of us. Yes, Rafi, go for it, yeah. What? It's not really a question, it's more of just like a blurting out how I feel. Great, that's why I say question and comments. That's why I say question and comments. Yeah, so I'm listening to Rabbi Sadeh. Yes. I've listened for a while. Yes, yes. It's unrealistic. Yeah, of course. Very hard. Very hard. Very unrealistic, very hard. Like I've said to people many times when they start hearing Hilchus Leishara, they say, so what are we going to do? Then we can't talk anymore. We have nothing to say. You feel empty, right? No conversation. It's such an easy thing to get drawn into, like, talking about, um, I don't know, regular politics. But all the random conversations that people have, it always gets brought in, not purposely, but... It's probably better to talk politics. Most conversations that I think I have are somewhere connected to... Uh, I'm not macabre, not macabre, Rafi. Not macabre from you, that, that's true. No, but it's not intentional. It's not like every single segment of my, my whole life is filled with conversations that... But most conversations that I have eventually something... <coughs> it's just... You can talk about anything. Pick any subject. Maybe besides the Torah. Pick any subject. And, and yes, you know... Okay, I, res- I respect your honesty. Thank you, Rafi. I respect your honesty. I do. I respect that. I respect your honesty. So what's the Eitzah? You're right. So what's the Eitzah? What do you say? You're throwing in the towel? I think to not speak and be aware that there's, there's like, whatever, you know, in a way it's good to feel empty and not speaking because then you can refill it with good stuff, you know? There you go. That, that, very good. Right? Very good. 100%. 100%. 100%. I, and I want to say something also, Rafi. I think that, I think that as long as you're learning the Hilchus Lashon Hara, I think it's an awareness. I think it's just an awareness. If you learn Lush, I guarantee anyone here, if you learn Hilcha, not I guarantee, the Chavetz Chaim guarantees it. I'm not, I'm not, I'm piggybacking, so to speak, on the, what the Chavetz Chaim says straight out. If you learn the Halachas every day, if you learn Hilcha Slashonara. So Rafi, let's even say it's true what you're saying, which is true, that it's very difficult, and no matter what situation you're in, and you sit at the Shabbos table, and you go to, to lunch, and you schmooze with your friends, and blah, blah, blah. What am I supposed to do? You're right. It's a very, very challenging thing. And you don't want to be the guy who doesn't say anything because it's hard to... It's ve- that's very, very hard. That's I'm very opinionated also like on a lot of different subjects. Right. And I want to talk about subjects. Right. Right. It's, you know what it is, Rafi? It's learning how to talk about subjects. And it's learning how to talk. The Chavetz Chaim says straight out, that's one of the things that, that people say why you can't not speak Lashon Hara, why it's hard to not speak Lashon Hara, one of the reasons he says, because then I'm not going to say anything, I'm not going to talk. 
right? But it's known, or at least they say, I don't know if it's true, I don't know if it's documented, that the Chavetz Chaim was a very talkative person. I don't, you know, you hear these things, you never know if it's true or not. You know, uh, like I looked up that story, I saw that story, I know Raphael, I don't know if he slapped, did the guy slap him in the face? I don't know. I'm just saying, I'm, nobody was saying. I don't know if he slapped him in the face or not, but what? Yeah, 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 I know them. He sent it to me in the past also, right? Oh, you, you sent it to me also? Yeah, 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 yeah. So I don't know, but it could be he was, it's not, it's not the point. I mean, it's not, not I'm just saying the, the point is that, is that, um, you know, it, it's, uh, I don't know where, where I got, got off on that. I don't know where, where I, uh, but the point is, Rafi, if you go ahead, if you go, oh, because they say the Chavetz Chaim was very talkative. So I don't know if that's, do we have any documents on that? That he's had no Rabbi Alexander? Piyashmua. <laughs> okay, that's a tough one. Right, I, meaning it's a very, it's whoever, whoever if, first of all, if it's true of Ad, it's great, but if, even if it's not true, it's a great, it's a great thing to say about the Chavetz Chaim, because it's like, what do you mean? He's Mr. Not Talk Lashar, and he talked a lot, and like to answer your question, Rafi. I think the point is, is that it's not a stira, it's not a contradiction. If you learn the Hilchus Lashon Hara, Right? There are many ways, right, as we see in the purity of speech. There are many ways to say the same exact thing. It's just how you say it. And if a person is sensitive and a person's careful, so then you can have the same exact conversation, just you say it in a more sensitive way and you are careful what you talk about and how you talk about it. That's all. But yeah, it's a very good point, Rafi. Well, well said, especially when a person, so I, my advice to everybody, really, my advice when people ask me about Lashon Hara, you know, how do, I, how do I stay away? My answer really to them is learn Hilchus Lashon Hara, right, every day. That's what I say, every day. I know myself, I learn it at, the, at every meal, right, every meal um, that I have, even during the week. When I'm sitting with my family, I have a... Uh, Sometimes I don't have the purity of speech book with me, but I, got, I signed up for an email um, that's called, that, that sends a daily Hilchus Lashon Hara. And I try, when I'm, whenever I'm eating a meal, because you're supposed to learn Torah by a meal anyway, so I use that opportunity to learn Hilchus Lashon Hara. So that's it. I feel like I'm like, sort of, that, that's my advice to you, Rafi. You learn purity of speech every day. You learn Hilchus Lashar every day. I promise you, it'll, you'll have Siyat Deshmaya. Like I said, it's not my promise. From the Chavetz Chaim, you'll have Siyat Deshmaya not to speak Lashon Hara. Meaning you'll, 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 you'll somehow, you'll get, it'll work out that, 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 that you won't speak Lashon Hara. Yeah. Thank you, Rafi. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Rafi. I respect it very much, what you're saying. Okay. Okay, um, one of the things that I want to talk about a little bit is, is, um, is the um, importance of, of how to approach Bein Azmanim and the importance of, of being out of yeshiva. You know, when a person's in yeshiva, there's a certain protection that a person has, just the fact that he's in yeshiva. When a person leaves yeshiva, once a person leaves the campus, once a person leaves the, the um, even psychologically, uh, there's, a, there's an element that when a person's in the, 
in the yeshiva. Now again, even if a guy's uh, not doing anything in yeshiva, the fact that you're in yeshiva has a certain um, protection on a person. When a person goes outside of the of the base medrash, as as we know, in Paga Bacham and it says, "How do you get rid of the Yitzhahara? How do you how do you uh, not get rid of? How do you deal with the Yitzhahara? How does a person deal with the Yitzhahara?" The answer is the Gemara says, "Mashchayu lebase medrash." Chazal say, "Bring him into the base medrash." What does that mean? What does that mean? Why doesn't it say just learn Torah? What does that mean? Bring him into the base medrash. Bring the Yitzhahara into the base medrash. So one of the reasons for that is, is because when a person's in the base medrash, when a person is, as, as, uh, as David HaMelech says in Parshas, I think Parshas Bechukhoisai in the medrash says, is that wherever I was going, David HaMelech says, my feet brought me to the base medrash. Wherever I went, I want my feet, my feet brought me to the base medrash. What does that mean? What's the pshat? What's the pshat in Bein Azmanim? When a person is in Bein Azmanim and, and he's not in yeshiva, what are some of the things that are, that are important for a person to, to be able to withstand whatever it is that he's going to, to deal with? So I think, one of the, I think one of the things, as I'm already alluding to it, I think one of the most important things for a person to do is mashcheil beis medrash, which means that there are bate midrashos for a person to spend time in a base medrash. Not just about learning Torah. It's not about just, you know, going, you know, learning. It's not just having a, a seder chavrusa. That, that's also incredible if a person would learn. But if you find the base medrash, you find the place. A lot of times people get worried about benazman and what's going to be, what's going to be. If you make a seder uh, an hour a day, a half hour a day, if you do for sure more than that, no matter what you're doing during your summer vacation, if you make the base medrash a place for yourself that you come to, wherever you're going to be, whatever you're going to be doing, if you set aside time every day, every week, to set to make sure that you're in a base medrash, whether it's 10 minutes, whether it's 20 minutes, what, no matter how long it is, that can make a major, major difference in your entire Bain Hazmanim. Avada, it's good to listen to Shurim. Avada, it's, listen to, it's good to have a Harusa, whatever it is. But if you could bring, if you could spend time in a base medrash, that'll make a very big difference. Because when a person comes into a base medrash, what happens is there's a certain, there's a certain protection that a person has when you're in the base medrash. Avada, when a person learns Torah also, it's like that. But when a person is able to just uh, sit in a, in a, you know, it could be in your shul, it could be in your neighborhood, anywhere. It could be literally five, ten minutes. And I'm not including that as far as davening. I'm not talking about davening. Um, that, that, that doesn't count. Um, I mean, that's also very good to go daven in, in a shul. But if you spend five, ten minutes learning Torah in the base medrash, that's one of the things that, that can help a person very much when it comes to uh, Benazmanim. Okay, question, comments on that? Or yes, Nachi, I knew you were going to... Bringing the, the Yitzhar to the base medrash, I find for me, even like, not always like, for example, like learning the base medrash, but if you're going to sit on your phone and play a game, 
it's better to sit in the base bedroom. Exactly. 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 That that's the point. Well said, Nachi. Correct. Meaning that that that's the point of Meshchel base medrash. It doesn't say go learn Torah. You can learn Torah not in the base medrash. Exactly. Bring bring. Yeah. Okay. You don't you don't have to. Right. I don't know if I would say okay. I'm going to play. Uh, you know, uh, whatever game I'm going to the base medrash to play. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I don't know you. Yeah. Okay. It depends. It depends. Depends who it is, right? Depends who it is. Depends who it is. Yeah, yeah. Depends who it is. But yes, I get the point. The point is that any time you're going to be around, which is something very, very powerful. The powerful thing is, is that is that we're very much affected by where we where we um, hang out, where we spend our time. We're very much affected how we feel about ourselves in the environment that we put ourselves. When we put ourselves in an environment with people, like Nachi's saying, when we put ourselves in an environment with people who are growing, even if you're not growing, that will affect you. Even if you yourself are not growing, that will affect you. And if you put yourself in an environment where people are not growing, even if you are growing, that will affect you. People underestimate the fact that when you hang around an area, <coughs> when you're with people who are positive people for you, you know, this happens many times. I spoke about this, I think, last week, right, when I was speaking to somebody in yeshiva about Sheer and his life, and he was so down, and he was so upset, and his whole life seemed to be upside down, and blah, 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 blah. And all it is, it's the shot that I always say when, when um, if I always say, but I've said it um, when Rabbi Kalish was here, that V'chol B'nei Yisrael ha'yar b'moshvoysam. So the Rizhner says, V'chol B'nei Yisrael ha'yar b'moshvoysam means that, <coughs> that <coughs> he gives an example, Rabbi Yisrael from Rizhen gives an example, the Rizhner Rebbe, he gives an example of a, of a, of a rock that, that um, is dirty and it's gross and, and it's ugh. And then someone picks it up and he, and he you know, brushes it off and he cleans it and he sees that this is actually not a rock. It's actually a diamond that was covered up by a lot of gook and a lot of gross stuff. And he cleans it up and it's a diamond. Then what does he do? He puts it amongst other diamonds. He puts it in a beautiful case. And then suddenly this disgusting rock shines. So says the Rizhner, Every Jew shines. Every Jew has a shine. Every Jew has a beauty to them. What? Which means they need to be in the right environment. If you're in the right environment, then you will shine. If you are doing what it is that you're supposed to be doing in the place, that you're, that's, why, that's why a guy could be in this yeshiva and he's terrible and it's horrible and things are bad for him and he's not connected to Hashem and he doesn't have friends, blah, blah. Then he goes to another yeshiva, suddenly he could shine. What's the pshat? The pshat is that he was shining the whole time. He had shine within him. Just he was in the wrong place. He was not in a place that brought out the best thing for him. So too when it comes to the people you hang around with and your friends and the, and the environment that you're in. People underestimate how powerful the environment, the community that you're part of, the friends that you have, 
the right people who bring out the right things in you. And every person, a lot of times, that's really, that's why a lot of times, you know, when there's a therapist and they'll talk about a guy, I've had this many times, I remember this many years ago in uh, Sharyashev even, when uh, I was dealing once with a therapist with somebody and I was all upset at the therapist because I'm like, I'm like, the guy is, is not, you know, sometimes when a therapist can see somebody for an hour a week and they think that they're growing and they think they're doing this, which is great, and it's like, it's like the person's in the wrong situation. He's doing the wrong things. He's got the wrong friends. You see him on a daily basis. And I remember saying to the therapist, like, like you're looking at this guy for one hour a week. You don't realize the ramifications of, of what he's doing. You know, the fact that he's waking up very late, the fact that he doesn't have friends. So you're right. It's very important to do your individual work with him. But it's so, so underrated how powerful a person being in an environment, being in a situation, being in a, with people who are a certain way, and that automatically can change so many things about that person. Avada, you could, you, a person needs to go to therapy to deal with underlying issues, and it's important to have somebody to talk to, blah, blah, blah. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not talking about that, but, uh, but a lot of times just the place that a person is in, just the environment that a person is in is so, so powerful. Your roommate, your room, the yeshiva, your shear that you're in, the, the people who you're around make such a, such a pressure. It could be a Shabbos. A person could go away for a Shabbos. He could be with one group of people for Shabbos, and the Shabbos was, was incredible, right? I've had that. People said, oh, they went to one, went, had this one Shabbos together, and it was the best Shabbos of their life. Why? What happened? Because they were with the right people, they were in the right environment, and then you have another Shabbos, which is a terrible Shabbos, hanging around the wrong people, whatever it might be. So it's very, very, very important how a person spends his benazmanim, what a person does, who he hangs himself around with, what his daily schedule is going to be, and what, what, how much time he's spending with who, where, when, etc. Okay, question, comments, please. Yes, Avi, go for it. I, I have a, a puzzle that I think Rebbe will love it. It has nothing to do about what you spoke about. But it says, Right, yes. Yeah, yeah, no, I did not. No, the Kutzker, the famous, yeah, Nachi, yeah. That's Tagit, tell, let's say. Take it from here. I mean, there's enough just to talk about that Pasuk. Right, how you perceive yourself is how you think others perceive you. It's true. So what does it have to do with that? No, so it very much has to do with what we're talking about, Avi. Very much has to do with No, it very much has to do with it because when you're around people who appreciate you. You know, one of the things, I'll end off with this. This is a whole big subject in itself. We could talk about it another time. I don't know if we'll even talk about it this year. Amir Tashem is a major subject that I love talking about. Avi, so thank you for... For, uh, I'll end off the sheer like this. You know, people think that other people are going to make them happy. People think that. My wife's going to make me happy. My children are going to make me happy. My bank account's going to make me happy. This is going to, my therapist is going to make me happy. People think that all of these situations are going to make 
you happy. Happy is just one thing. There could be other things. Successful financially, uh, uh, lack of anxiety, whatever it is. Everyone thinks the answer is outside of themselves. The greatest thing that a person can remember is the fact that you are the one who's responsible to take care of yourself. Now, avada, for sure, for sure, for sure, like we just said, it's not a stira. It's not a stira at all. You need other people to help you on your journey to take care of yourself. But ultimately, it's you taking care of yourself. If I go over to Avi or I go over to somebody and I say, oh, you're wonderful, you're wonderful, so that makes them feel good. But ultimately, ultimately, it's your responsibility to feel wonderful about yourself. You're right. You can have people around you who can help you, who can help you feel good, but they are, they're only helping you feel good. At the end of the day, it's your responsibility. And what happens many times when somebody grows up, especially in our generation, the new uh, popular thing that people struggle a lot with is that lack of feeling good about themselves. If they didn't get the proper caregiving um, from their primary caregivers, if they didn't get the proper nurturing, whatever it might be, their father wasn't available for them, their mother wasn't, especially if you grew up in a big family and you didn't get what you needed, especially if your love language, your parents didn't connect you in your love language. So what happens? What happens is you have a lack within yourself. And when you have a lack in, within yourself, all the people around you, everybody around you, sort of will validate that lack that you have in yourself. But when a person learns two things, number one, he learns to access the love within himself, and then he learns to surround himself by healthy people. Usually what happens is if you're unhealthy, I mean, we're all unhealthy to some degree. You are, if you're not, if you're toxic within yourself, or you're as to the degree that you're unhealthy, you will attract other people like you. That's v'niya anachnu, you attract what you think. So if you think you're dumb, you're going to attract people around you who are going to tell you you're dumb. If you think that you're not successful, you're going to attract subconsciously. That's what's going to happen. So what a person needs to do is he needs to do two things. He needs to first learn to love himself more. He needs to learn to invest in himself. And this people don't talk about. He also needs to learn to get in, in, in with the right people who are going to bring that out with him as well. You can't do it alone. I don't believe you could do it alone. You can, you can maybe get 80% yourself. You can maybe get 70, 80%. That's why Hashem made it, that we get married. We get married and we have a family and we have people. That's why you don't sit in a corner by yourself. Okay, the, the big, big tzaddikim, yichideh skula, we're able to live alone, whatever it is. We need other people to help us with that. So that's very, very powerful. A lot of times people think either I'm doing it myself without anybody or I need everybody to give me my validation. It's important to have a combination. But the key is that you're working, loving yourself, investing in yourself, validating yourself, and then you can have other people help you with that as well. Was that good? Did I do good with the Pasuk, Avi? That was good? Shkoi Avi. Thank you, Avi. Beautiful. It's very, very, very important for us to remember how much we play a role in how we look at life and how we feel about life. How, how at the end of the day, it's really us. 
at the end of the day, as much as it's important, now, again, it sounds like a stira to what I said because it is very important to be in the right environment. You must be in the right environment. If you're around people who are negative people, you're around a certain people who are, who are a certain way, it's going to affect you tremendously. It's very, very important. I mean, that's, that's why it's very, very important for a person. It doesn't have to be extreme. A lot of times people say it, it's, a, it's the extreme. Either I will have everybody else around me um, make sure that I'm okay, or I'm okay and it doesn't matter wh- how everybody else around me is. It, it's a, it's a shidduch. It's really a shidduch. So Hashem will help each and every one of us. Let us be zocha as we are, as we are beginning a new stage, and that stage is a stage of, of a person um, having benazmanim and things um, shifting, and any transition, a person has to be very careful in the transition, Hopefully your transition will be a very positive, uplifting transition, but a person has to be very, very careful in, in understanding what his next move and what he's going to be doing. A person has to be very careful to see, because once you leave the base medrash, once you leave uh, the, the zman, when you have a zman of, of, uh, you know, that protects you, then you're sort of left, you're left alone. So Hashem will help each and every one of us. Don't worry about your past. Don't be scared of what your future comes to bring. The best thing we could do for any day to fix our past and to create our future is to have an amazing, create an amazing first day of the rest of your life. Thank you, everyone. Shkoch.